Welcome to Speaks Loud and Words, episode 32. As always, I'm Dave Reed. Aside from his successful career as a session guitarist, Chris Leonard has penned songs like Lego House and Give Me Love with Ted Sheeran, and he's also worked with big names like Paolo Nettini, Paloma Faith, and One Direction. Despite being busy making hits, he very kindly came in and sat down with us to talk about his career. If you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, follow us on Twitter at Warner underscore Chapel, and like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Warner Chapel UK. And don't forget, Chapel is spelled C-H-A-P-P-E-L-L. It's kind of amazing how like things kind of just work the way through um, life. Yeah, well, a lot kind of, of that to talk about. Yeah, yeah, Do you write a lot with Jim? Um, I haven't done stuff for a while, but although we, just before Christmas, we talked about getting some stuff in oh, this nice. year. So yeah, I'm sure it'll happen. I mean, we're yeah. really good friends. So. Yeah. And yeah. so you you were saying that um, you were in Speedway. What kind of age were you? Uh, I would have been, I guess, mid twenties. Yeah. Okay. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm getting getting older now. So that was about ten years ago, I think. Um, but yeah, no, we had a lot of fun. We went on the road a lot together, yeah. and um, you know, did gigs every night, went yeah. on tour, and all that kind of thing. Had yeah. lots of fun nights out. Um, but yeah, but as a direct result of that band, um, I met Paolo Nettini when he was yeah. like fifteen, I guess, and. Um, yeah, a couple of years later, me and Jim went in the studio with Paolo and yeah. and wrote a song that ended up on his first album. What was the song title? It was called Loving You, and yeah. it was on these streets. Yeah, that, I mean, that album was a big one for myself. I think I was, like, between 14 and 16 at mm-hmm. the time or something. Yeah. And, and yeah. you know, actually, writing songs, that became a real, like, album to go to. That cool. Yeah, did yeah. give me a lot of inspiration. Yeah, so it's, a, it's a really cool yeah. album. I was really proud it's to be a, a part a, of it. It's a yeah. nice album to just, like, listen to. And actually, to be, a lot of, to be honest, a lot of his music is very chill, just to... Mm-hmm. It's so nice to listen to. And, and the songwriting is just... I love the progression yeah, with, between yeah. verses and choruses mm-hmm. and stuff. No, so. that one came about really yeah. easy. I mean, I think we just... Management suggested I go over. I think Paolo was living over in East London at the time, and... Mm-hmm. Just went over to the house, started playing the guitar. Paolo opened a notepad. Jim started getting a beat up. And then about yeah. an hour, hour later, I think we had it. And That's amazing. Didn't really think much of it until we got a call back and saying it made the album. You know, we speak to a lot of songwriters, and they say a lot of the times the best songs just almost like roll out. Yeah, in front it was pretty of you. natural. That one. It's yeah. like almost half an hour, an hour. Like mm-hmm. you've got pretty much all together. Yeah. And those are the strongest songs that really like. Yeah, I, I, if you have to struggle too, I mean, some songs will be some songs will be a struggle, but yeah. um, you know, I think if you have to struggle too hard, then maybe, maybe it's, it's time worth to it. have a look at something else. Yeah. yeah, maybe. Yeah. What is it about music that's just that got you hooked when you were younger? Um, it was Mark Knopfler actually from Dire Straits when I was about four. Um, well, actually, no, it was my granddad to, t- to tell the truth. He um, gave me a guitar out of the blue. I think he promised me a microphone. He said he had a microphone in the loft. Then he went to look for it and couldn't find it. So he panicked and bought an acoustic guitar. How, how old are you? I was about four, I think. That's amazing. Yeah, I, love I mean, it. you're I only four years old. You have all this expectation. What did you want to do with that microphone? I think? wanted to make as much noise as possible. And exactly. I was quite disappointed because the, the acoustic guitar obviously wasn't... I knew what a microphone was, I think, at that. I just yeah. about knew it made you louder. <laughs> so and I liked the sound of that. Um, the idea with the microphone... Did you have a computer in those days? To God, no, no, no. So no. what was it going to go into? To uh, I, have, I have no idea. It was probably battery powered or something. I, he, he never found it, so I never yeah, know yeah. what this microphone was. Wow. But yeah, no, so he panicked and, and bought a guitar instead. And I think he was sort of into his craft work and stuff. And he did it up. It was all beating up oh, guitar wow. thing. And he did it up for me and gave it to me. And I just started kind of playing it. And Do you still have it? It's in the loft at my parents' house. Well, that's really cool. That yeah. is that is cool. It was really cool. And then I just used to watch. I saw Mark Knopfler on telly on a, on VHS or something. And I used to just sit and watch what he did and try and copy him and put hours and hours on end. Mm. And yeah, yeah, that's that's where it all started, I think. And so, going through into your teenage years, mm-hmm. did your music kind of scope go beyond Dire Straits? Yep, I got into. Um, 
I was a big Guns N' Roses fan. I went through the sort of shredding, you know, because oh, guitar, really? guitar's probably my main, I mean, I haven't sort of played multi-instruments, but um, guitar's my main thing. Um, so I went through the inevitable Guns N' Roses phase, mm. um, yeah. got into Slash and all that kind of thing, yeah. Bon Jovi, lots of rock stuff, you know, the teenage Nirvana and all that kind of thing when they came out first time around. So you, were you shredding on the acoustic then, or did you get I used to shred on both, yeah. No, by this point I had an electric. My parents yeah. bought me a, uh, a nice little... I remember the day we went to get the electric for the first time. That was yeah. pretty cool, because that was proper noise-making. I mean, right yeah, there's something about your first electric that you, you feel ever so grown up and feels like... No, like I loved got, it. Like, I've yeah. got big noise and I can put overdrive uh, exactly. on. Exactly. Yeah, I was all about the distortion pedal. I don't know if my neighbours at the time were quite so yeah. in love with it. but I remember they, my parents got me one for Christmas and I remember Boxing Day literally waking up at like five yeah. because I was so excited to play my electric Oh, guitar. God, I was the same. And yeah. off I went, you know, <laughs> fucking yeah. morning, my parents <laughs> yeah. coming in. No like, regard for anyone yeah, else. Yeah, literally, yeah. just all it is about you and your uh, new electric guitar. Totally, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah That's I, really funny. That was really cool. Yeah, I remember. Were you starting in bands? In your teenage years? Actually, no. I had a... It was quite hard, actually. At my school, um, the music department was fine, but there wasn't many musicians. Um, you know, the other kids were into sport or whatever, and it was really hard. There was a couple of guys, but if I'm brutally honest, they weren't the best, yeah. you know. Um, so we made a lot of noise, but not not yeah. that musical, I think. Yeah. So I actually struggled. I did. I, I found it hard to meet other musicians when I was younger. So what, what, how did you overcome that? Did, did you just have to wait? Um, I started doing my A-levels, um, and I was doing history and business studies and English, um, and I went to see a careers advisor and he told him about music and he suggested I became a carpenter, which I found quite strange. And then my <laughs> mum, she knew I wasn't really happy doing what I was doing, managed to find a course in Guildford, which was five miles away from where we were. There was a full-time mm. course studying popular music. That's amazing. So, um, yeah, she, she got me onto that course and that actually opened up some doors because they pushed me into an audition, which I then went and got the gig and then that snowballed everything from there. Yeah. That's, so that was... Was that kind of, did you cancel college at some point? Yeah, I left, I left straight away. Yeah, I started doing part time lessons at the music course, and then they said, We're doing a full time course. Would you like to mm. come? Because we'd like to have you on it. And I, yeah. I jumped at the chance, yeah. So, you're f in terms of songwriting, when did you first, what was your first song? How old were you? I used to write songs with my next door neighbor. I was lucky my next door neighbors when I was a kid were two of my best friends. They were brothers, and they liked, mu they kind of, you know, they weren't musicians, but they liked music, and they liked, they used to bang on the pots and pans, and I'd play the guitar and the keyboard. And, and I think we wrote some songs. Um, I would love to hear them now. Yeah, but I, I mean, we're, we're talking sort of ten years old. Yeah. Um, so that was, I guess, the first the first time I ever wrote anything. Ten years old, basically. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, just and sitting so in the bedroom. Going into the the, 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 the new college. Obviously, your teenage years. D did you develop as a songwriter? Did you feel that you were stronger in your craft? I was still. I was. That wasn't so much about the, the good thing about that. Like I say, I mean, because I started so young, I was already. A pretty competent musician by this point so I didn't actually learn that much from college about musical side of things because mm. I was already doing all of that on my own at home but what it did do was like I say open up doors and made me realize that I could find a way into the industry because I had no idea of how yeah. you know I didn't know anyone in the music industry I was living in a small town in Surrey like yeah. and it seemed like a, a different world um, so that opened up a door into the music industry what, what was the what was the actual door that got you into the um, it was a job at the BBC on a television show on a sort of a kids TV show it wasn't the coolest thing in the world uh -huh. and I actually t I actually tried to say no to the audition about three times there was a guy called Bruce Dickinson not the Iron Maiden Bruce Dickinson <laughs> but the guy that set up the college in Guildford at the time he was in a band called Little Angels and he sort of pushed me he said look if you go to the audition if you can get the job and then you can decide whether you want it or not so actually I've got him to thank for a lot of that yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah so I went to the audition and that opened because it was at the BBC and we used to get bands and artists come on the show every week and we were there every week playing live. So, um, 
yeah, I met a lot of the you know record companies, the managers, and the artists yeah. and bands themselves. So, what followed from there? Um, from there, I did quite a lot of session music session. with people. I was still all the time, any spare moment, was in the studio writing. Um, but I went from that into quite yeah, quite a lot of session stuff. I played with bands like Busted, yeah. did some stuff with Paolo. Um, yeah. All Saints and all, all sorts of love, list goes on of, of people, yeah, yeah. which wasn't really what I wanted to do. But you know, at the end of the day, that was yeah. paying bills and of course, yeah, leaving me self-sufficient, which was. I mean, it, it's, cool. it's interesting because you say it's not what I wanted to do, but I think some people would hear that and be like, "Hey, you're writing songs, mm. you know, you're 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 doing guitar parts on tracks and stuff." Yeah, and yeah. So I think you know, it's you're in the right place at the right the right time yeah in life absolutely well, so it wasn't a bad situation no it was yeah. a great situation yeah, yeah no I'm really yeah. thankful for, for all of that side so and it's a good learning curve as well you yeah. know, and, 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 and it was fun as well a lot of fun. Speedway did that follow kind of because it sounds like about the similar kind of time it was yeah it was all around the same time yeah. Um, yeah I did a couple of couple of gigs with bands and then yeah I just sort of went as it is in the session kind of things you, you jump from one artist to the other and yeah. you know because obviously then they, they take a break and you haven't got yeah. you've got to go and find something else to do so it's yeah. kind of an insecure lifestyle but um but a lot of fun, yeah, yeah, it's good. Yeah, how was um, moving from Speedway? What did you go into next? Uh, what did I do after that? Because you've been in quite a few projects. Yeah, I've been involved in a yeah. lot of a lot of things yeah. um, over the years. I can't remember. I get lost with the order of which ah. things happened. It yeah. was a lot of a blow. We we, yeah. we put away a few drinks on the road as I'm well. Sure so you did, yeah. <laughs> all mashes into one. Yeah. So Speedway, how did the writing go about? in Speedway um, that was actually mainly uh, Jim and Jill at the time so it's kind of frustrating in a, li- a bit for me because they were already sort of had their thing going on so like I say I, I work closely still to this day with a guy called Jake Gosling who's a producer um, yeah. and we were in a band together actually before the BBC thing so that was back I was probably about 19 years ago now and we were actually in two different bands together then and we so every spare moment when I wasn't on the road was in the studio with Jake writing and doing what I really wanted to do yeah. so um it was kind of frustrating because I was, you know, if you're seen as just doing the session guitar playing, you don't often get involved in the writing. Mm-hmm. So I had to kind of make sure that I was still doing that yeah. outside of it yeah. on my own terms. And, you know, and, and yeah, luckily we're still doing that to this day. So do you, do you miss the band aspect? Not massively, to be honest no. with you. You know, I think I've, I did it for about 10 years and I think that's really, you know, it is hard work. It's hard work. Yeah. And yeah. it's, um, you know, it's a bit of a lonely place really because it's hard to keep down a relationship or anything like that. Yeah. Cause I was literally on the road all the time. Yeah. And it's, it sounds like you're moving pro- from project yeah, to project as which well. Which is great because I was busy and yeah. it's hard to be busy in that industry. Yeah. But on the other, you know, the flip side of your home life's a bit, yeah. when you get back, it's a bit weird and yeah. lonely and <laughs> you realize you, your friends are all off getting married and yeah. that kind of thing. But, um, yeah, so I don't I don't massively miss it, but I'm glad I did it. You know. Yeah. So in that kind of time is of your life, what would you say that you learnt in the craft of songwriting? Um, I got to listen to a hell of a lot of music, which I think is really important because you know on the road, you're li- I headphones in, long journeys. Yeah. All I was doing was listening. To, I'm not a massive movie fan, so you know I was listening to to albums and songs and albums in their entirety yeah yeah yeah, yeah. all that kind of just, just yeah. pretty simple really just listening constantly yeah and actually when I was younger um, when I was at college doing the English and history and stuff I used to live really near the college so I used to sort of zip back home and then not go back which <laughs> I don't recommend but um, well actually I, I do but and I used to just sit and li- play uh, have MTV on the television back in the day when MTV was just music really and I used to just play along with an acoustic guitar and just sit there for hours playing along with whatever came on whether it was Aqua Barbie Girl or it could be the Beatles you know or Fleetwood Mac or then Steps or whatever I would just play along and I think that really opened up my ears to pop music and 
maybe quite versatile because I, d you know, I did just sit there for mm. hours on end, just uh, probably subconsciously soaking a lot yeah. of this stuff in. Yeah, and so that times that time in your life, kind of like the twenties, mm -hmm. gigging. It sounds like that's there's been quite a change until now where you do it sounds like you're doing a lot more sessions writing it's all yeah it's all just constant writing more sessions studio now. kind of yeah time. all studio stuff yeah. yeah um obviously that's like the big difference what have you found any is there any other differences you found to songwriting have you learned anything new in this i just I, I guess i'm just doing it more often um which is obviously you learn stuff you know and i'm getting more into the production side of things now mm -hmm. you know i'm spending a lot of time uh learning about you know, because I've got the musical side down, you know, yeah. I play instruments and I'm good at that and I, I know what I'm good at there, but I, I was lacking sort of in production skills. So that's the next thing. So I'm always learning still. Yeah. I think that's, the you know, I'm watching producers that I work with and watching what they do. You know, I'm learning things in my own time. Yeah. And yeah, just, just getting to do it a lot more often, yeah. which is definitely a good thing. Yeah. We, um, whenever we talk about Lego House mm -hmm. on, on social media, it always gets a massive reaction. It <laughs> yeah. really does. Yeah. How did that song come about, and how did the relationship with that Ed um, come about? Like, what did it? Yeah, um, I think Ed was aware of who I was because I think he knew he he used to like Busted and admire their pop because they're you know great pop band. Yeah, I think sure. he knew that I was touring guitarist with them. Yeah, um, and he was already working with Jake at the time, and Jake, Jake Gosling. Jake Gosling, yeah, and Jake had always said to me, "Oh, you need to meet Ed," and I'd seen him on YouTube doing videos, and I was really, really yeah. imp like mega impressed, as a lot of people were, obviously. Um, and he was like, oh, you know, we should we should try and get you in with Ed and see what yeah. see what happens. Um, so I actually went to see Just Jack at Shepherd's Bush Empire, and Ed was supporting, um, and met him. Just went up to him afterwards and said, "Hey, um, you know, I'm Chris. I think you Jake might have mentioned me, or you might know, you know, hopefully you know who I am or yeah. whatever." And um, and he was like, "Yeah, man, hey, how's it going?" And we had a little chat, and I just said, "Look, I think you're really great. I love love what you're doing. We should get in the studio." And he was like, "Yeah, let's do it." And That's then really the first cool. song we did was Lego House. Awesome. Which the first song, cool. that's amazing. First song yeah. I wrote with Ed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, in terms of how the song broke down, kind of, um, what were you both adding to the song? What, what, what was Ed bringing? What were you bringing? Originally, the song was very different in production. It was actually kind of had like a vocoder on it, and we were trying to go take it somewhere slightly different. I think Ed had a lot of the lyrics already. You know, he's he's such a great lyricist. So I think he had some a lot of a lot of the ideas were there, um, and the production was just totally different. And um. Kind of glad it ended up where it did, a lot more acoustic, you know, mm. a lot more. Yeah, I mean, it suits him better, I feel. Like yeah, the definitely. Thing. But it's cool sometimes to try those different things, yeah, you know. And at the time, I think it was supposed to be a hook for a rapper. Um, oh, really? So this is one of the reasons it was a lot different. And then, yeah. uh, you know, then I think we decided it was probably best. Yeah. To, there was definitely something strong there, so best to keep yeah. it for him. And yeah. yeah. So understanding your songwriting, mm -hmm. um, obviously you play a lot of instruments. Are you yeah. are you providing the kind of more of the track side or are you also providing the top line it depends lyrics? really I mean with someone like Ed obviously like I don't necessarily want to mess too much with his lyrics because he's so good so yeah. why would you and you know, plus he is the artist and he's the artist and yeah. it's, I always find it's better for the artist to be singing about what they want to be <coughs> singing about mm. so um, so from if in a session like that then it, I, I would work more on the music I guess but um, I mean Give Me Love that we did together I, I was more involved lyrically with, sure. with Ed as well we sat down and, and did that because he was actually staying with me at the time and that song came about sort of two in the morning sat oh, up in my lounge and then we were like oh let's get the guitars out had a bit of a jam started playing and then some of the ideas for that song came and then we we stayed up really late doing it and then the next day we went in the took it straight in the studio and finished it there uh -huh. um and sat down and did, did a lot of the lyrics together but again you know he he's such a great lyricist it's mm -hmm. really easy to write lyrics with him yeah so obviously you've 
gone beyond Ed as well now. So mm-hmm. you're working with other people. Yeah. Are you, yeah. Are, do you find that you have the same kind of kind of relationships in terms of what you're what you're working on within the writing relationships, or do you find that you have more control with the lyrics and things? Um, it, it, it it's different because some of the sessions we do now, you've never met the person until you go in. Um, you know, on that day, so it's you kind of have to sit around and sort of almost get to know them yeah, very yeah. quickly. I mean, it's with Ed, like I say, he was living with me at the time, so we knew each other really well by then. You know, it was like it's very comfortable. To yeah, just it was really comfortable. Like, yeah. yeah, back back to give me love. We were both feeling a bit down about certain things that had gone on, and we've got chatting without us being friends. We wouldn't have been able to talk about those things, and I don't think it would have been such a there is there is a massive song. part. We've, we've spoken to other people about the whole thing of like opening yourself up to somebody mm-hmm. it's like a massive part of songwriting totally yeah it's, um, it's really important so yeah in that kind of situation where you're living with somebody that's kind of becomes a lot easier yeah meeting somebody for the first time you kind of expected to have us like i don't know a verse or a chorus or a whole song out of mm-hmm. a session it's kind of you need that time to kind of like bring about that yeah relationship so we always i mean when i'm working intense. with jake for example because we work we do write a lot together and, and you know work together a lot um so we always try and make the artists feel comfortable when they get there and have a little chat and a cup yeah. of tea and all that kind of thing and just have yeah. a bit of banter and a bit of a joke yeah. and sort of ask what's on their mind without sounding like a um psychiatrist uh, yeah psychiatrist without sounding like a psychiatrist yeah so lie down on the couch and tell yeah, us yeah, what's literally. up but um but you know it's good to try and delve as deep as you can and yeah. find out because like you said before it's always important for the artist to to be singing and writing lyrics that they want to be singing be and, and what yeah. they're feeling because otherwise they won't connect themselves with the song mm-hmm. um yeah. so yeah that's why it's important yeah it, it's um it's a it's kind of like one of those things that it's it, it's like a hitting a brick wall something's got to basically happen in those moments and mm. i guess it is a little bit hit and miss at times we, well, from what we've heard mm. from people on the podcast you know sometimes it just doesn't click and yeah i mean it, it can be awkward we're quite lucky i mean that's happened a couple of times there's been mm. a couple of sessions where it really you know we've just been like you know what let's just go home but pretty rare for us which is i yeah. you know I don't yeah. know if we've just been lucky. Or it also helps that there's two of you there. I mean, mm. because that means that like there's a, there's a greater chance that that person coming in for the first time will be able to connect with you. Yeah, and if not, then yeah, yeah, exactly. Somebody no, I totally agree with that. And I always like working it, three, three sort of is is the way I like to do yeah. it. And especially if you've got people knowing what their strengths are in within that. If everyone's yeah. doing, you know, like Jake's particularly good with beats and stuff. I mean, he's a, he's a great writer as well. Mm-hmm. But you know, he can work on the beats and get that up and running and I can get the chords up and running and then the artist can be writing lyrics and then what you put it all together and you know you yeah that can work really really yeah. well something I always love to ask songwriters is uh, you know what listening to a track for the first time wh- what um, what really grabs you the most is it the, the beats is it the top line is it uh, the, I guess the rhythm I, you know. for me um, I'm I'm think music's all about emotion. So for okay. me personally, when I'm listening to music, I, l- I obviously listen to the lyrics and what the song's yeah. about because I think that's what ultimately connects with people. Um, but then uh, you know I'm a I love playing guitar as well. So if I hear a great guitar yeah, riff like course, "Money yeah. for Nothing" by Dire Straits, well, even when I was four, I was like, "What the hell's that? That's amazing." Yeah. Um, so it, it just depends on the song, but I will definitely always listen for the lyrics yeah. at the end of the day. That's cool. cool. Well, thank you for coming in and chatting to us. No worries. Very cool. cool.